And welcome back. It's Midday. I'm Tom Hall. By the way, tomorrow we're going to continue our celebration of Black History Month with a conversation about the groundbreaking lawyers who set the stage for a vibrant black legal community here in Maryland. Before there were towering figures like Thurgood Marshall, there were several trailblazing black lawyers who confronted incredible professional and personal hardships with legal brilliance and incredible grace. We'll hear their stories tomorrow. The legal historians John Browning and Dominique Flowers will preview a presentation that they're going to give next week called Blazing the Trail, Maryland's First Black Lawyers and the Legacy They Built. Plus, our theater critic Jay Wynn Russick will will join us with a review of a new show at the Strand Theater called High School Coven. So that's on the way tomorrow. And now another installment in our Midday in the Neighborhood series, which we're producing in cooperation with our news partners at the Baltimore Banner. Today we turn to a Baltimore native who has toured the world as part of the Harlem Globetrotters and who has returned to his hometown to give back in a substantial way. Chu Smith is working on a project to build what he calls a community in northwest Baltimore, and Chu Smith joins us in Studio A. Chu, it's great to meet you. Hey, great to meet you too, Tom. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Also joining us is my colleague from the Baltimore Banner, Jasmine Vaughn Hall, who covers the West Side. Nice to see you, Jasmine. Nice <laughs> to see you too. Thanks for having me. And uh, listeners, you are welcome to join us as well. 410-662-8780 or email midday at wipr.org. You can tweet us at midday. WIPR. So, Chu, uh, what is a community? What are you What are you looking to build here? Well, you know, um, when we were trying to uh, figure out how do we engage the community and bring the community full circle together, we uh, started off with Arise Baltimore, the community that serves and loves. Welcome to the oasis of opportunity. And we just wanted to bring everybody together because we have a lot of things that's gone on in the last several years. COVID, uh, different injustices, different divides. We just wanted to bring people together. So the community feel is you know what a community is. You have families, you have, you know, social economics, you have all kinds of things that's going on in the community. But the university, when you go on a college campus, it gives you that feel. Everybody's working to the greater good to be better with for each other and you put them both together and you have the community so it's a unified inclusion for all people in our city of Baltimore so this will be a community meeting place um, programs for kids uh, what, what do you envision yes yeah, so uh, we're going to do uh, market rate housing affordable housing townhomes and then we're going to have a youth empowerment center that's going to have every life skill and academic component and a uh, social component so we're going to have a, a mock, a mock a courtroom. We're going to have basketball courts. And then we have this concept called the whole child theory, where we're going to help the kids with mentorship, uh, uh, stream. We put stream instead of steam because we're going to add reading to the component. Then we're going to have transition readiness, after-school tutoring, workforce development, and then they'll graduate from the wall of fame, and we'll give money to... Uh, their college education, or their workforce development or entrepreneur endeavor. Yeah, and Jasmine uh, Von Hall, this is a big project. The, the the concept of this, I mean, the the site that they're looking at is like eighteen and a half acres big. I mean, this is a gigantic place. What is the site? It turns out uh, there's a building uh, already up up and running. 
Yeah, so it is a former school building. It actually used to be Dr. Roland and Patterson School, well, senior academy building. And it was a kind of like a swing kind of flex space once that closed as well. Um, but it sits in Cold Spring, which is in, you know, northwest Baltimore, neighbors to like Park Lane and Silburn um, and a lot of green space. Like people are really, really adamant about just that draw of pockets of green space. Um, it's pretty close to Silburn Arboretum. Um, and there's a bunch of people who are just kind of excited to be able to still utilize those fields um, that are close to the school building. So there was a little bit of, um, I don't want to say confusion, but people just wanted like transparency about whether the families would still be able to use, uh, you know, those fields that are adjacent to the building. But they did work that out? Yes, that, that's been worked out. There was subdivision and um, more transparency with the community. And Chu Smith, th- this seems to me to be a, a project that's on a much bigger scale than, say, a community rec center, you know, where, where people come and do stuff in one little building. I mean, you're talking about uh, really, you know, replicating a college campus. Yes. Uh, the concept was just simple for me. When I was, I grew up in Sandtown in the Gilmore area. And when you can have everything in one area, you come out your house, you can go do something with sports, you can do something with academics, you can do something with any genre of business there is to develop yourself. That's something to look forward to as a kid and just bringing community together to know that we're all together and it's a oneness that we can all see together. Chu Smith is a former Harlem Globetrotter. Jasmine Von Hall is a reporter for the Baltimore Banner. I'm Tom Hall. It's midday. Uh, if you live in the Cold Spring, Silburn, uh, Edgecombe area, give us a call. Let us know what you think of this uh, incredibly exciting project that Chu Smith is putting together for uh, that neighborhood. 410-662-8780. Our email midday at wypr.org. You can tweet us at midday. WIPR. So, Jasmine, you did speak to some folks in the co- the community, you know, right around uh, where where this building and this campus uh, is located. What did they tell you? Well, it's interesting because the first way that I found out about this project was actually from the president of the Park Lane Neighborhood Association, as I was just doing reach outs with different people, and I know that she was really excited about the opportunity to have something for youth, um, something very developmental for youth, and you don't just somewhere where they can get all around different services and come together um, outside of like re- parks and recreations. Uh, I also spoke with uh, council member Sharon Middleton. Uh, she also said that it kind of reminded her of another resource center, which is the Langston Hughes Community Business and Resource Center, which is in Park Heights. Um, and she really just saw some similarities there. And I wasn't able to speak with this association originally when the article came out, but the Cold Spring Community Association also so shared that they're open to partnering with you, hopefully in the future, um, and having more conversations about how they can just implement things together. Um, and they also just emphasized, you know, just how um, homeowners and potential homeowners really value the green spaces in the areas, and they hope that they continue to be able to use the fields that are adjacent to the building. Yeah, and the, and the green areas here are, are a big part of your concept of this, aren't they, Chu? I mean, you're, you're not interested in building, uh, building up everything and, and getting rid of all the green spaces. There is this building that's the former high school, and then there's a, a big surrounding area around it. See, one of the things that we wanted to make sure early on was this wasn't about us. It was about the total community. 
and we made sure that we wanted to talk to everyone, get their input, because this is their neighborhood. You know, you have to take ownership of your neighborhood. And part of the green space, we understand that we want to make sure that people can walk around, they can feel good about the green space. And the part we're going to concern about is their youth empowerment center. And that's going to be away from the green space to make sure that everybody can utilize the space effectively. And again, to sort of place it for folks, it's on the northwest side of the city uh, between Cold Spring and Northern Parkway off of Green Mountain Avenue. So it's, it's you know, uh, up there in, in, in northwest. Um, the, the communities uh, that you mentioned uh, that are in your story, Jasmine, and we'll, of course, post a link to the story uh, on the WIPR webpage, and you can find it on the banner webpage as well. Um, they are they uh, the three or four communities around there are, are they pretty similar in terms of you know the demographic the median income the 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 kind of folks who are living there are they are they different are are these three very you know distinct uh, neighborhoods well I have to say that Baltimore you know is the city of neighborhoods so I don't want to say that any of them are exactly alike. I think each of them have their own spirit and differences. Um, I mean, you can find a mix of different housing options in these areas from row homes to apartments to single family to semi-detached. Um, but I think you get something different from each community, I would say. And I think it really is important, too, that you've got housing as part of this yes. thing. It's not just a center, you know, for job training and uh, tutoring. All that's very important, of course. But, but you you, you want people living in this space. Yeah, the, mo the most important thing for me was I've been seeing developments all over the country, and my thing was I wanted the community to be invested, and I wanted them to benefit from the development. It's very important that when, when you develop an area, the people that live in the area, they benefit, they develop from it, and it's an add-on that everybody feels an ownership of that particular project. Chu Smith is the force behind Arise Baltimore, a community he's planning to establish in Northwest Baltimore. Jasmine Vaughn Hall is a reporter for the Baltimore Banner. We'll have more about Arise Baltimore on the other side of a quick break. I'm Tom Hall. It's midday. Stay with us. This is your public radio, 88.1 WYPR. Hey, man, who's that cat coming down the street? I don't know, but it sounds to me like that whipping man with the bone. Sure having himself a ball. The theme song for the Harlem Globetrotters. If you're a person of a certain age, you will recognize that tune. If you've just joined us today, it's midday in the neighborhood. And we're talking with Chu Smith. When he retired from the Harlem Globetrotters back in 2005, he set his sights on giving back to his hometown of Baltimore. He's in the process of taking over a former high school 
in the Cold Spring Parkland and Edgecombe area of Northwest Baltimore and turning it into a community. Jasmine Von Hall is with our news partner, the Baltimore Banner, and she joins us as well here in Studio A. You are welcome to join us to 410-662-8780. Our email midday at wipr.org. You can tweet us at midday WIPR. So Chu, you 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 left the Globetrotters back in 2005. Right. And you decided to come back. You you have literally been all over the world. You've you've played and performed for people all over the world. Yes, sir. But you decided to come back. Talk about where that impulse comes from. Well, you know, it's amazing that I've uh, been able to, uh, in plan, my plan days, uh, played in 26 countries and every all 50 states and then wind up through my retirement uh, traveling 50-plus uh, countries. And one of the things that I, I learned uh, through my travel is the diverse of people, diversity of people, and just learning different cultures and learning different ways of thinking and how people deal. And being an ambassador of goodwill, uh, people kind of let their guard down with me because we put a show on where you work hard, you do all those things throughout the day, and then for that two hours, you get a chance to connect and we put a smile on your face. So when we go and do the work throughout the community, it's, uh, people put their guards down and they, they start connecting and start talking with you. And when I start seeing different cultures and different signs of development, because coming from Baltimore, uh, I was exposed a little bit, but wasn't exposed to the things that I've seen across the world. So it was just so important that I wanted to give back. I always wanted to have some type of big community center where you can develop a child versus housing a child or telling a child that they can't do or this is what you need to do to stay out of trouble. But when you can develop the mind, that's something critical. And I got developed over the years in my adulthood. And I have foundation from my parents who taught me how to listen, taught me how to think, and taught me how to look at things from a uh, optimistic perspective and an open perspective. So being a Globetrotter has been uh, magnificent and it's just touched me to no end. And having that platform, I just wanted to be able to give back and give something for young people to inspire because we all have greatness in us. It's just about who souls into you and who you share moments with to empower your life and just have to have good energy. I mean, you're you know, famous as one of the best dribblers, literally, in the world. Uh, and and you, you're terrific at basketball. But this center that you're talking about is not just for kids who are into sports. It's it's for kids who are have all sorts of different kinds of interests. And I think that's important. It's not just a place everybody's going to get together and play basketball. Yeah, we, we have to tap into our children. Uh, we have to understand that our children are sponges and our children are vulnerable. And if I didn't have my dad and mom to pour into me, it's no telling where I would be. Uh, I've lost a lot of people to death, uh, a lot of killings, and people didn't know what to do with their idle time. And when you can have people that, that really care and really want to see you win and then put you in position to see things from a broader perspective, then you will have insight and your conscious level elevates. And now you start feeling good about who you are and you want to connect with others that have that same feeling. So that's what, I, you know, I think as a kid growing up, I've, I was probably groomed to do this. Didn't even know it. 
Uh, I had 10 more years to probably play. But when I started seeing the importance of giving back and serving and, and utilizing the platform to put get kids to know how to get where they need to be, I said, this is my calling. And uh, I've just been running with it. And now the development, you know, when you help a lot of kids, and I was helping a lot of kids, I was utilizing my own money, asking people for money. But at a time, I realized I was putting a Band-Aid on a problem because it was more kids that needed help. So that's what this development is about. And then if I can get some money to be able to share and help more people, then we build a greater com uh, community. And then kids wouldn't be thinking about hurting each other. We have a caller on the line, Richard. I understand, uh, Richard, that you're with the Cold Spring Board of Directors. Uh, welcome to Midday. Thanks for calling. Thanks so much for having me on, Tom. I just wanted to reach out to Chu and let him know uh, we have participated in conference calls with Chu and fully support his outreach to youth. My background, I grew up in a Harlem housing project during the 1960s, and I played a little basketball. Did not become a professional <laughs> like Chu, but I did go to Laurenburg Institute, which you may have heard of, Charlie Scott, the NBA Hall yes, of Famer. Yes, that's my guy. Yeah. Okay, well, Charlie and I grew up in, we grew up in the same neighborhood, but I have been a 40-year resident of Cold Spring Newtown, and mm. the type of program you're trying to put together is very similar to the HARU Act programs that were put together back mm. in the 60s when I was coming up wow. that reached out to youth and so that they didn't necessarily, whether they had the ability to do it with sports, but sports was a vehicle to get them to other things. So I am personally reaching out and saying I am available to offer my insights as I turned out. As I said, I did not become a pro like uh, Chu, but <laughs> I did get to see the country and the world because I became a journalist like Miss, Miss, uh, uh, like Jasmine. And I work for USA Today, Gannett. I travel the world and the country covering news for uh, more than 45 years. And uh, so I've seen both sides of it. I understand what Chu is talking about. We are so pleased in the community that Chu and his organization were open to hearing our concerns about keeping those spaces green. But yes, again, sir. I open up, I, op I personally, I'm not speaking for the board. I'm speaking as an individual. I personally reach out to you and say, Bring me in, and I will help you in any way I can. Uh, could you please, if if possible, if you don't mind on the air, could you give us your email so we so I can meet with you personally, and we can sit down and we can start uh, building on that relationship? Yeah, you can leave that with our producer, Richard, and uh, we'll make sure that you gets it. Uh, that would be great. Well, thank you for and that thank call. You. Yeah, thank and you, and Jasmine Hall, the the. Uh, the scope of this project means it's going to be pretty expensive. So what, what, uh, what's it going to cost? Uh, what is the city uh, doing and what's their involvement? Is the state involved? I understand there's a bond issue that's, that's uh, up there about this. What, what's it going to take for this thing to, to happen? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, Chu can probably speak to broadly what those expenses are going to cost. But I do know that there was a very... I don't want to say alarming, but an interesting figure that was given to me by the Department of General Services Real Estate Office, which was in the city, in the city. Yeah. So to keep the building as is would cost the city about seven million dollars over 10 years, like a 10 year period, um, which was a little mind blowing to me because. Yeah, just to maintain a vacant building. Right. That's right. Crazy. And unfortunately, there are a lot of properties like that um, in Baltimore City. Uh, where there are these just, you know, vacant buildings that, you know, need to either be repurposed or sold. So it just was one example of kind of many, I would say. 
Are there examples around the country, too, that you're basing this idea on? I mean, is is there, you know, are there examples that, that you've seen that you can point to to say, hey, if they can do it in Chicago or San Jose or any other place, you know, we could do it here? Well, it's amazing that you say that. So over like a nine-year <coughs> span, I've been uh, kind of investigating and researching and talking to certain partners that have something similar. Um, they gave me some of the pros and cons of their experiences, and uh, I just took some of that and implemented it with, with our project. Uh, it's similar, but it's not quite just like ours. Ours is a, a, lo- a unique project. It's something different, but, uh, but I know that it'll be, uh, hopefully it'll be a national model uh, around. And will the will the the city be involved in this, uh, Jasmine, in, in any direct way? Are they going to, you know, do they, do they have to sell the building? Are they going to donate the building? Are they going to sell it at a decent price? I mean, what, what's the what's the city's posture in this? Yeah, so there's a land disposition agreement. So that's where the city kind of comes in, and that's an agreement with Chu and his team. You know, just different requirements that they would need before it actually goes. Um, and is sold. Um, so that's kind of where the, the city's involvement is, is basically orchestrating how this building is going to be used, getting it on paper, um, and making sure that all of the requirements are met. And so, Chu, you, you obviously are going to need some partners in this uh, to, to get going. Are you, are you uh, on the hunt for folks who want to get involved? Yes. Yeah, so um, we right now we're, we're really concentrating on the Youth Empowerment Center, uh, receiving uh, monies for that. Uh, we have certain people that have come and stepped up and uh, said that they were going to make contributions towards the project. Uh, the market uh, rate housing and things, we're looking at uh, several developers that's very interested in the project. Uh, but we, we're looking to to close out everything and settle everything by the summertime. So mm-hmm. that's where we are. So the, the whole scope of this project, what's your hope in terms of the, the time frame of actually getting it up and running and people using it? Well, we want to get into uh, the building for the program inside by by the fall, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, we will be building uh, the other parts of the building. It's going to take three to five years. Well, uh, I can tell by the intensity in your eyes when you talk about this project that you are going to see that it gets done. Oh, yeah, it's getting done. Yeah, that's yeah, the spirit. All yeah, right. Yeah. Really, really great to meet you. Thank you so Pleasure much. Pleasure to meet you, too. Thank you for having me on your show, and wish you well in the years to and come. Let's stay in touch. Oh, let's yes, stay in sir. touch about this. And Jasmine, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you, Jazz. Chu Smith <laughs> is the founder of the Chu Smith Youth Empowerment and Arise Baltimore. Jasmine Von Hall covers West Side for Baltimore Banner. That's it for this installment of our series Midday in the Neighborhood. There are 278 named neighborhoods in the city of Baltimore. And from time to time, we're going to feature stuff that's going on in each of them. I hope you can join us tomorrow. We're going to talk about the black legal history here in Maryland. Interesting story with two legal historians. Hope you can be with us then. Here and now is up next after news at the top of the hour. Thanks for being with us. I'm Tom Hall. Have a great day. This is your public radio. 88.1 WYPR.